in the WWE shop, all right? Probably all kinds of things. Yeah, can I get his vest? Probably a lot of... $300, please. Probably a lot of beer koozies. Okay, I clicked on it, and it says, Looks like you're taking a wrong turn. You're in parts unknown. Search. Stone cold. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Alright, alright, alright. Okay, anyways, we're talking about the Suicide Squadron, because that's what squad's short for, and then I was talking about how uh, when we were sitting down, there was a couple next to us. And then the guy started grumbling a little bit and like wanted to move over because he didn't want to be right next to me or whatever. Well, his girlfriend was right next to me. Uh, but then, then she didn't want to move. And then he was trying to talk her into it by being like, I mean, what ticket do you even have? You can't just sit anywhere. And Nick. She was sitting in my seat. She was actually in his seat. And uh, I, I actually, most of the time, I contemplated like, what if I just sat on the other side of Nick? But I was like, I don't want to think I don't want to sit next to her because I really wanted to vape. I wanted to jewel inside of the movie theater, okay? And then I was talking about my fond memory of seeing the movie High Life with Robert Pattinson and jeweling the whole time. And I'm real respectable about it. I hold it in to do all the damage it can to my lungs until all the vapor is gone so that when I exhale into my shirt, you know, it's nobody can see anything. But I didn't get to do that this whole movie because I was right next to someone else. High Life is about a similar thing to the Squadron movie we just saw. Uh, they're prisoners, and they get some time knocked off to their sentence if the they can if they let the U.S. government shoot them into space. And uh, you know the idea is that they're coming back; they're gonna be experimented on, and they'll come back. Not horrific. It's just the one that Robert Pattinson is, is in is to like you see like you know what happens if you were to get someone pregnant in space. What kind of complications arise from that? Does you know, is it possible? Yeah, there's a lot of jerking off. A lot. Every almost uh-huh, every character uh-huh, jerks uh-huh. off. There's rape. Uh, a lot of the Uh-oh. sex is very, very aggressive. Oh, I don't like and that. I saw it with a, uh, my partner and her uh, female friends, and they were all like, God damn, that was a hot movie. And oh, I was like, no. I was like, no, it wasn't. Oh, that was no. like a fucked up movie. Like, they really blur the lines between what sex is and, like, you know, they almost make it synonymous with just fucking getting yours and, like, there's a rape scene. I don't want to say that to them. <laughs> so, anyways, Suicide Squadron. Zero rape scenes. Just saw it. Can't yeah. confirm. You've seen the other one. I have not. Other one's bad. Um, the other one's the only movie I've ever seen in my life where I was actively checking my watch during it. Yeah. Um, in a movie I don't theater. want you to go on for very long. I won't. But I can wrap it up in a sentence. What is it? Well, give me a little more. Okay, sorry. I want a little more detail, but you know, maybe aim for like a two-minute tale. Oh, okay. Like, what is the Suicide Squadron like, the other one? Uh, the Suicide Squadron. Seems too dark. It's, I don't like that DC dark look. It's very dark. Yeah. Um, it is very much so edited by a trailer house. I don't like it uh, in general. It started with goddamn Underworld, and Hollywood's been obsessed with it ever since. Yeah. You remember Underworld? 
I do. Yeah, okay. And we kind of got away from it, and then the Dark Knight happened. And then Everybody DC's was like, like Shit. that's what we're fucking doing. Um, the original Suicide Squad. Yeah, directed by David Ayers. Solid director. Um, directed this movie. Is it Fury? Maybe. I know he did End of Watch. Yes. Um, Two movies that I shouldn't like, but I do. Yeah. Because um, they're both kind of propaganda. Yeah, kind of. Uh, David Ayer's the bootlicker director. Yeah, but they're solid movies. Mm. Um, and then, I don't know, I think one of the other ones, like Batman v Superman or something, came out and everybody hated it. And then so Warner Brothers panics, gets the trailer house to fucking cut it, adds a bunch of shitty needle drops. And it just it's just bad. Nothing. Yeah. There's no... Like, I, what's, the, what's the plot, I guess? The plot is Amanda Waller. Played by Viola Davis. Does she do just as good of a job as she did in this movie? Yeah, she kills it. Yeah, she always great does. Great actress. She does the exact same thing she does in this movie. Or actor, if we're just going actor these days. Yeah, I think we're dropping actor. the actress thing, yeah, um, which is fine. She does exactly what she does in this movie. But remember in this movie where in a matter of 45 seconds she goes, this is a suicide squad, I'm putting a bomb in your neck, if you try to run I'm killing you. Yes. That takes probably like 20 minutes to explain. Doesn't need to. She's got to pitch it to a board of directors featuring the cop from Stranger Things. God, I hope we enter into the age of superhero movies where they realize all of these characters exist in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We get it. You can just start the movie. Yeah. The first Uh, hour and 20 minutes does not have to be with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, very much so. They go, hey, Will Smith is in this movie, so we got to show the audience Will Smith immediately. And so you see Will Smith, a cool, fun scene of Will Smith shooting people before the movie starts. How does he do in the movie? Boy, whatever. He's Will Smith. Laughing to the bank, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Which exactly. is fine. No disrespect. Just yeah, mean, no, exactly. Like, if that's what you're doing, like, I'm going to call it that. I'm, um, I'm not mad. Do he, your thing, man. He plays Deadshot, who is pretty much Idris Elba's character from this movie. Yeah. Um, Idris Elba. Exactly. How about that shit when they said he was too street to be? No, they said he was too urban to be James Bond. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? Fuck you up. kidding me? That would um, be a great James Bond. Uh, exact same motivation as him. Ooh, he's got to save his daughter, but Will Smith is much more like, I love my fucking daughter, okay? Um, Which is boring. Which is boring, and then you get, like, a flashback of, like, him walking down an alley with his daughter after escaping from prison, and then, uh uh-oh, Ben Affleck's Batman shows up and goes, I gotta take you in. And he's like, Literally never seen one second of Ben Affleck on screen playing Batman. I've seen him in trailers and stuff. Hey. I've never seen it. I'm going to say something to you right now. Huh. I know you're not going to like it. Ben Affleck is the best Batman. <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> well, it remains to be seen, and I mean that literally. And then his daughter goes, no, Dad, don't kill Batman. Go to jail instead. So he goes to jail instead. And then, yeah, they do all this shit, and they bring all the people in, and you see you see Captain Boomerang in it, and then you get a little scene of him getting stopped at a bank by the Flash. It sucks. Um... And yeah, they bring them all into like a courtyard, and they're like, "This is your mission. Gear up!" And then you see Harley Ch- Harley Quinn get changed for some reason. Um, and then is this supposed to be a sex appeal thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. She is just just ditzy, stupid, pointing her ass at places the entire movie. It sucks. It yeah. really sucks. Um, and they also have a member of the team called Enchantress. She's mm-hmm. the girlfriend of Rick Flag, who is in this movie that we just saw. He's mm-hmm. the main guy. That not the main guy, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, she does, like, magic. I get you. I got you. Right? 
No, Rick Flagg from this movie. Yeah, but you're talking about like Enchantress. Okay, yeah, but I was asking if you know who Rick Flagg is. <laughs> I know who Rick Flagg is. Anyway, Rick He's Flagg's... the one with the bad haircut and the southern accent. Yes, Rick yeah. Flagg's girlfriend has magic powers from a magic ancient thing, and then, uh-oh, magic ancient thing goes rogue, and the Suicide Squad has to take that down. And then they just walk through a bunch of abandoned streets just killing goo monsters. Jared Leto's Joker shows up here and there. Can't even remember why. And it just sucks. Um, and nobody's likable, and nothing's funny, and it's just not good. Killer Croc is there as well, and he just looks like an old man who's not wearing a shirt. I would like to have been given a heads up that you wanted to watch this movie today, so I could have seen that movie before. You know, there's absolutely no reason to see that. You know I'll watch anything. Yeah, I know. You but know I'll watch anything. I, I don't want you to. Um, <laughs> I want to, as from one friend to another, I'd like to keep <laughs> you from experiencing that. Um, and then, yeah, there's really no character building or motivation or anything like that. And then at the end, this guy named El Diablo goes, no, these are my family. I'm going to sacrifice myself for them. He's got a really sh- uh, bad Mexican accent. That's why he did, a, uh, did that bad accent. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. everybody. And then it's just kind of fucking over. The end. They beat the bad guy. The bad guy. Oh, uh, uh, also, the bad guy shoots a big be- blue beam of light up into the air. Which I got a couple questions for a you. Big superhero trope do they ever feel like they actually are currently still kind of the bad guys no it very much so turns them into heroes immediately what about the amanda waller character is there friction between the team and her trying to wrangle the cats i yeah i guess technically but it's like forced kind of I guess. oh yeah everything in that movie is forced okay what's the runtime on that bitch probably like three hours it's disgusting what it feels like i have no yeah. idea what it actually is we were just talking about this in the kitchen. I'm going to say it again. What the fuck ever happened to a movie being 90 minutes? 90 minutes is all you need. Back in the day. Kill your darlings. It's all you need to make a good movie is 90 minutes. During like the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, like it was even common for a movie to just be about an hour. About 70 minutes. A lot of the classic horror movies that I love, like Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, they're all an hour and ten. Yeah. You know, I think Son of Frankenstein was actually like an hour and 39. I might know that offhand. But, anyways, I just don't understand why every movie's got to be two hours and ten minutes. Actually, I think I might kind of. Um, this is not a hard rule, but I would say a general thing that's happened with a lot of, like, in my opinion, big movies. And maybe it's been happening for 30 or 40 years. I'm not saying it happened overnight, but I'm just saying it seems like the spectacle is kind of overtaken, like, you know the importance of like telling a good story necessarily yeah. i'm a good story could still be told but also let's stretch it out like an extra 40 minutes so we can have more of that thing where like i guess in their head they think like yeah dude if we have the tower falling but then they're running and then they jump to the other half of the tower like people are gonna be talking about that like we gotta really like that's the thing that's yeah. really gonna like and which is fine because i know that inherently cinema is also supposed to be a spectacle it's supposed to be an event and whatnot yeah you're supposed to have fun but also yes. at the same time uh, Deadpool 1, 90 minutes. Yeah. Fucking love it. It's great. Yeah. And it feels like two hours in the best way. Yeah. It's good. That's all you need. If you can make a good movie, you can do it in 90 minutes. Hey, and guess what? If you make a good one, they might make you like let you make a second one. So maybe save some of those fun ideas. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't run into the situation where the sequel's way worse because you saved some ideas from the first one. Like, listen, Christopher Nolan, I love Interstellar as much as the next guy. I don't have four hours. Exactly. I'll probably never watch Interstellar again because it's goddamn three hours. I will say that I have to at least once in my lifetime see Gone with the Wind, though. 
Did you know, I found this out the other day, Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz, directed by the same guy? I didn't know they were directed by the same guy. I know they came out in like the same year, though. Yeah, and he used like a go for like a fake name for Wizard of Oz, I believe, because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's something else we talked about before. We're not even fucking talking about the Suicide Squad yet, but, you know, for a while, like, if you were a director or, like, an actor, like, you worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you were cranking out movies. Yeah, it was an industry. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, might be working on one movie for two or three years. Which I, I have I'm not saying there's anything wrong yeah, with that. I'm just saying, that, like, but... It is interesting to go back and like look at some of these people that we idolize and just be like, oh shit, they did like wow, that's crazy, you know. And then you're, you know, it's different. It's different. Yeah. They used to like fucking make. It's almost like the auto industry. Like, yeah, we still kind of make cars, whatever. But like that's what I hear people not say like about we used to. Uh, Casablanca. Yeah. Casablanca is such a good movie, but again, it was just like every other movie at the time. It was a job. Everybody there was working their mm-hmm. job, and uh oh, they made one of the best movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, uh, what did you think of The Suicide Squadron, 2021, directed by James Gunn? What did I think of The Suicide Squadron? Well, let me ask you this. Okay. And it's something I fucking wish, if I could go back in time, I was doing for every Marvel movie. What is this movie about? Um, a g- group of prisoners? No, nope, not that. It's like the theme, the message that they're trying to send. Oh, It's that everybody's got a little good in them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. What, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. The rat sees the good in Mr. Alba, Mr. Idris Elba, you know? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, like, she cries watching her dad on TV saving the day. Okay. You know, even because they had that conversation earlier about how, like, I've got nothing good for you, you know? Except. That's what the whole movie's about. John Cena. Well, yeah, except John Cena. But whatever. But anyways, that's what the movie's about. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So what is Iron Man about? The first one. Everyone's got a little bit good in them. You think so? Yeah, he was a weapons manufacturer that went, you know what? I got a little good in me. I'm going to start making weapons. Perhaps I would say rather uh, people can change, perhaps. Yeah, because they got a little good in them. Yeah. What about the second one? Iron Man 2? Yeah. Everyone's got a little bad in them. (laughs) I think they lost the plot on the second one. They did. What about the third one? The third one? We haven't talked about it yet on the... Marvel podcast. As long as you got to look good and you, know, you can get shit done. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about Thor? What do you think Thor is about? To uh, get past your ego and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That shit will blend you, even if you got to look good in you. Okay. What about the Incredible Hulk? The Incredible Hulk. Um. I don't know. I don't know what the lesson of the Incredible Hulk is. What about Captain America? Captain America. Um. If you're a little guy and you got a lot of good in you, you can one day become a big guy with a lot of good in you. No, um, I think it's the same. Uh, it's the same. I it's Chris. It's the same thing for pretty much every superhero movie. Is uh, if you're good and pure of heart, it overcomes evil. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. What about the Avengers? The Avengers teamwork makes the dream work, baby. Well, anyways, if they all have the same plot, I would go out on a limb and say that the Suicide Squad has probably done one of the better jobs so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was written like an actual... No disrespect. I Like I said, I like some of the Marvel movies, but like I think it was written like an actual movie where like multiple times throughout the story, characters say things that are actually indicative of what you're supposed to take away from the thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And there are multiple, you know, situations where the characters 
don't live up to what they should be. Don't live up what they should be. Don't. Oh, now they have. You know, the, yeah. The change is the change is paired with action, and that does happen in the the Marvel movies. But we can talk about that more on the Let's Marvel because God, here we go again. One of the things that I was thinking about over this week because we had a brief conversation about another movie called Split, and we were talking about the portrayal of like mental illness and stuff yeah. like that, right? Iron Man three. I genuinely overall like. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than two. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Um, and one of the things I like the most is that he's dealing with that PTSD. That's such an interesting and, in my opinion, underutilized. Yeah, thing. they kind of dropped the ball on that big Yeah. Time. I feel like there's a way to, like, very well, like, they could have easily had him, like, they could have taken that as an opportunity to, like, teach the lesson of, like, oh, hey, go get help when you need help. And, like, I don't know. I feel like it would be cool, in my opinion, legitimately, if there were uh, one of the Avengers was also just like, oh yeah, and then also I go to therapy. I, I'm we'll get into it again, but my quick my quickie review for Iron Man three. Yeah, it is a movie about Iron Man having PTSD mm-hmm. from the last movie. No longer has his suit, mm-hmm. and has to get shit done by himself. And it's directed by the guy who did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys. Mm-hmm. Movie shoulda fucking ripped. Yeah, it in have my been him and Rhodey without their suits yeah. for some of it, trying to get this shit done. It would have been great. In my opinion, it comes off as if there was a direction that they wanted it to go in, and there was a direction where a bunch of other people wanted to take it in. Yeah. And it seems like there's a lot of like tension between the two movies that it almost feels like it yeah. is at the same time. Very, Anyways, that's Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Um, I'll make a lot of statements about it, but overall, what did I think about it? I thought it was, um, it kind of reminds me, and I do not mean this in a disrespectful way, but it, it reminds me a lot of the movies that a lot of, uh, big directors kind of got their start doing. Like, I think I want to say it's called like brain dead or something like that, which is the Peter Jackson gore fest that came out in like 1990 or whatever, or like the evil dead. Mm-hmm. You know, with Sam Raimi, that kind of thing. It's that thing where it's just like, I understand that he's like a 45-year-old man, I think. James Gunn? Yeah, I buy that. But it seems like... Probably pushing 50, I believe. In my opinion, he just decided like, yeah, I like making that kind of movie. I'm not going to like mature and make the, the fucking Lord of the Rings one day. I yeah. like this yeah. shit, you know? He knows his wheelhouse. And uh, Started out making trauma films. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just seems like he's still in the young man's game keeping it alive kind of you know um it's a fun movie it's a funny movie it's a gross movie sometimes um it's written well in terms of like comparing it to other you know big blockbuster superhero movies it's a pretty well written movie yeah um and i think it runs about two hours correct i'm pissed about that <laughs> in general but the, it was not that big of a deal but god fucking stop knock it stop off stop it please do you know how good it feels when a movie ends at an hour and a half i can't wait to get to the last avengers movie with you why it's three and a half hours long yeah dude oh my god anyways um i'm gonna throw the question your way but then also i want to try to like piece together a little bit roughly what happens and talk a bit about some of that stuff i feel like i don't know if we are to begin talking about movies that are coming out a little more currently it's gonna end up being spoiler filled i don't think 
Yeah. There's a way where I can just overall be like, well, no, there's some interesting stuff with how they do when they like and pussyfoot around a little bit. I'm gonna have to just talk about stuff. So, what did you think about it? I guess I enjoyed it. Um, I thought overall, it was good. Um, I expected probably a little bit more out of it. I expected way less. Um, because I had less than zero interest in this thing. Yeah. Yes. I had a lot of interest in it because I think Guardians of the Galaxy, for as much as I talk about the other ones, Guardians of the Galaxy might be my favorite superhero movie. Um, it is definitely, it's the only superhero movie that breaks into my list of like top 10 favorite movies. Yeah. Um, I think it is really good. I th- um, probably because it stands alone by itself a lot. Uh, and take this with a huge grain of salt. I feel like for what they're worth, superhero movies, James Gunn is ahead of the pack from everybody else yeah in my opinion if you were to compare it to like uh we were talking about this in the car briefly if you were to compare it to like the graphic novel boom of the mid to late 80s i would say james gunn kind of reminds me a bit of like the grant morrison type where like he's obsessed with using all this like weird shit that comics want you to forget about like polka dot man and the peacemaker and the guardians of the galaxy except you know like i said great grant morrison uses it more for like uh well i'm gonna make it seem very impactful and emotional and 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 spiritual instead of james gunn is just like i'm gonna make it super fucked up yeah i think and i'm gonna make people grown men groan in the movie theater because i I, heard a lot of groans i heard a lot of people going like but i think we were talking about this in the car. I do prefer Guardians of the Galaxy to this because mm-hmm. I think the, the good thing about James Gunn, and I think it works really well when he's writing it in a little bit mm-hmm. by Marvel. James Gunn is a big old cheese ball, good at wacky stuff, but also good at uh, doing just like a a nice, simple, tight, heartwarming story. We've talked about this before. Guardians of the Galaxy two, cry like a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's a lot of fun. Um. And not a lot that he does feels trite. I don't know if that's the right word. Very much so. Everyone, uh, every James Gunn film I've seen absolutely feels like a movie directed by a guy mm-hmm. instead of, you know, just a Marvel Studios movie or a DC Studios yeah. movie. It feels like a James Gunn movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciate that. But that being said, yeah, no, I expected this movie to be great. With the exception of, like, oh, yeah, no. I, I read that they're kind of just letting him do whatever he wants. Because I don't know if you know this. He got fired from Marvel. Um, and when that happened, DC was like, oh, you can direct a movie and do literally whatever you want. And he's like, all right, sick. And then Marvel's like, hey, sorry, we'll hire you back. He's like, sick, I get to bring both of these movies. <laughs> um, you get the best of both worlds. And, yeah, I think this one was a little too violent at times. Didn't really need to be. It was still fun, nonetheless. Um a lot of almost exactly what I thought was going to happen in this movie happens. But some of it still caught me by surprise. Like, uh, there's that scene where the three of them, John Cena, Idris Elba, and bad haircut country accent, mm-hmm. were stuck in the back of that truck. And they're, like, talking to those guys or whatever. And he's, he lights them a cigarette. And I don't remember what he says. The death touch. Yeah, the death touch. But I was watching it. And I was like, oh, I like these guys. And I feel like that happens in every James Gunn movie I see. Like, just a moment will happen. I'll go, oh, I like these guys. Mm-hmm. I like this person. I like these characters. Cool. I'm cool. I know right now, here now, I'm invested in this movie now. Um, and I On think, a side note, real quick. When they're in the bar, yeah. Peacemaker orders Frenet, right? Yeah. Like Frenet Blanca or Branca or whatever the fuck it is? Yeah. The digestive. The what? 
It's a liqueur that's like a digestive. Yeah. You're not supposed to drink a bunch of it. You're supposed to have like a little bit after a meal if your tummy's like a little upset. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Just funny. Kind well, of. no, I don't think you're supposed No, I don't think so. People drink Fernet Branca as a drink. Interesting, because it's fucking hard to stomach. I enjoy it. That's crazy, bro. Um, to each their own. Comes in a little bottle, a little wine bottle. It's fun. I think this movie was shot pretty well. I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, I saw... James got posted a few times on his Twitter, I believe, of like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of like old like 60s, 70s like pulp action novels and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he posted like a bunch of covers and stuff of stuff like that. He's like, this, I took it is in this shot of Suicide Squad. I took this and it's in this shot of mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, which I think is very cool. Um, I was not a fan of the diegetic transition screens, the now or. Back no, at yeah, that was awful. Yeah. I hated all that yeah. every single Didn't time. Like it happened, happened way too many times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought this movie was good. Could have been better. Could have been much, 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 much worse. Yeah. Well, I'm also curious. Like, it's hard to imagine, but I wonder how Guardians of the Galaxy would be received if it weren't within the context of how bland and run-of-the-mill every Marvel movie is, right? So Suicide Squad is kind of now like a movie that, in my opinion at least, kind of seems to like... It doesn't have any of that context, really. I mean, other than like DC movies sucking, but that doesn't necessarily mean that just because they've all been bad that it's going to be somehow beneficial to this movie. I think the fact that most of the Marvel movies were good, but just a little bland, made the fact that James Gunn made a good one that wasn't bland, like... It helped have give it a kind of a foundation to like. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. Like inside of the context. But right? from my memory, when Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy came out, mm-hmm. it was the absolute peak yeah. of Marvel movies. Yeah. Everybody was fucking all about that shit. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved every single one that had come out. Mm-hmm. When they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone was like, "Oh no, they had a great run." <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. these D-listers. Mm-hmm. This is. Uh-uh, this isn't gonna work and yeah. the trailers came out and everyone's like "Ooh, guys no 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 mm-hmm. this is gonna be bad and i remember going to reluctantly see it mm-hmm. and i was like holy fucking shit yeah that was so good mm-hmm. and i think that's just what everybody did because james yeah. just made a good movie and i don't and i mean i uh, i guess yeah i guess that could feed into what you're saying about the other ones being kind of bland mm-hmm. and in every sense of the word, is Guardians of the Galaxy is just a pop a pop a color, a nice mm-hmm. little injection for those those movies um, that I don't think they ever recapture, even mm-hmm. in Guardians of the Galaxy two, which is a bummer. Yeah, I guess mainly what I was trying to say, I guess ultimately is like, I feel like it's graced by, like when you think about it, you think it about it within the context of the MCU, which just. The Suicide yeah. Squad doesn't have, so just kind of out and it's lonesome. And I feel like that kind of caps how good it can really be kind of a thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, um, yeah. I, I mean, no, that's my thing I like personally so mm-hmm. much about Guardians of the Galaxy is it has almost nothing to do with the rest of the MCU. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, rhetorically speaking, like, at a grander scale, yeah, I Marvel guess. is slapped on the front. So, like, there's a, like in your brain, it's already primed. There's no way you could never do it. It's already hardwired into being associated with that brand, with that company, with that series of movies, with the MCU. It just happens, is what I'm saying. Okay. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, but like I yeah. like, but uh, w- 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 my response, I 
was, you know, no, no, that that didn't make anybody want to see this movie or make anyone feel better about this movie. I think, I think I I mean uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think Guardians of the Galaxy absolutely one hundred percent stood on its own two legs, even without being a Marvel movie. But what I'm saying is but, I can't make that statement because what I'm saying is like it's in an impossibility to imagine a scenario where that just exists, right? There's never been an Iron Man. There's never been an Iron Man 2. There's never been an Iron Man 3. Okay. Like, like if it just came out. Okay. Would people still be as warm about it kind of a thing? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the situation that we're... This is like... If we're, uh, if, we're, if, we're, if we're having like a thought experiment as you would in like philosophy or whatever, Suicide Squad kind of is it, but it's also hard because now it's muddied up by being like, well, he jumped ship. Whatever. Well, no, but it's anyways. not. It is... I'm going to say this is... You know, I'd say this is even worse than your... I think this is steeped in more stuff than Guardians of the Galaxy was. Yeah. Because this is James Gunn, the guy who did that Marvel movie that Mm -hmm. everybody liked, remaking a bad movie that came out three years ago. (laughs) And so everyone's like, ooh, this has to be good. This has to be better than that last one. It Mm -hmm. has to be as good as this one. So I think this one came out even less of a vacuum or whatever. Yes. I'm not arguing about what... Whether or not it exists inside of a context, I'm just saying that the Guardians of the Galaxy exists in a different context. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. The Suicide Squad is in a weirder, a much, much stranger. And that's kind of my point is like, Guardians of the Galaxy has a pretty, mm, I would say, clean cut bed to lay in at the end of the day. Yeah. Suicide Squad, on the other hand, it's kind of sleeping in the alley. Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. And what I'm trying to say is that when you get to go to bed there, that just helps a little bit. It's kind of like your parents being middle class or something. Just helps a little bit. Suicide Squad's going to bed in the alley. It's not getting no help. <laughs> so anyways, it, I, I what I'm saying is like, if those DC movies were better, but maybe bland, and then this one came around, again, it, you know, because then you also have to ignore, as you were just saying, the context of Marvel existing, the context of Guardians of the Galaxy already being a thing. But I'm just saying that this might be, I don't know. Because now, I don't think it has as good of a, let's just get away from all that for a second. I don't think it has as good of a heart as like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, not at all. I don't really remember necessarily exactly what direction they take that in, but I just feel like the memory I have of seeing that movie and seeing the second one tugged on my heartstrings a little more. Guardians 2? First or second one. I don't remember either of them too much. I believe in Guardians, they kind of ham it up a little bit more. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the point of the thing. It's like, hey, we're family now. And that's kind of... Or like, hey, none of us have had a family, and so this is kind of our family now. And it it tries to pull on your heartstrings in that kind of way. I don't know. Um, Maybe I'm thinking more of the second one. But yeah, no, this one... I do appreciate in this one, there's none of of that. They're just like, hey, just we're... Well, I almost teared up a little bit, actually, when, when she's watching the TV and her dad's on there. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, yes, that, but I meant, like, a, a dynamic with the team. Mm-hmm. They are still just, you know, this team. They're not like, hey, we're, we're, we're ride or die now. We're, we're, we're a family. To so get a little more thick into it, that is definitely a strength as we're going down the timeline. Just blows through some expedition. Exp- 
expedition. Ex- expedition. Yeah. There's an exposition expedition within like a minute. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, just, hey, you guys are criminals. We got you for some blackout shit. You go off mission. We're blowing up your brain. That's all you need to know. I wish more movies would do shit like that in general. I mean, superhero movies, obviously. Big Offender. We talked about it a second ago. The yeah. origin story thing. An orgy of origin stories. Uh, but just in general, a lot of the times, like, movies will take way too fucking long to establish what the fuck they're about. And it kind of reminds me a little bit... I'm being hyperbolic. I'll admit it. But it reminds me a little bit about how, uh, in, like, creative writing, uh, you know, you're writing a short story, you're writing a script. I've heard all kinds of people talk about the thing where, like, your natural instinct when you're in an inexperienced writer is to start with, like, well, the story starts... When you woke up that day, so yeah. you go, Jerry woke up, Jerry brushed his teeth, Jerry took a shower. I used to do it all the time. You start when it's interesting, right? Exactly. You start when it's interesting. And again, movies in general should do that more, but I, especially superhero movies. Yeah. Because i tell you what's not fucking interesting. The part where like, hey, he's kind of relatable. He's a teenager just like you. Yeah. I'm tired of it. There's a lot of teenagers, uh, superheroes. Let's just start with the part where the rhino attacks the city. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, you know where we should start? Huh. Bruce Banner meditating. Yeah? Yeah. You I know don't who... think my stomach can move like that. I really don't. <laughs> I think I can maybe train it, though. I think you got to train with that one guy specifically. I think in real life, that guy who's teaching him how to do the tummy stuff good. is like a uh, like a uh, martial artist who like invented that type of breathing. Am I wrong? I feel like Bruce Wayne does some shit like that in like the Christopher uh, Nolan fucking probably. movies. That doesn't seem good. Isn't that hyperventilating, basically? Maybe. Because I know there's a reason why you have, like, a natural breathing rhythm, and it's because that's the amount of, like, all of the gases and shit that are in the air that your body needs. That That's the steady flow that you need to, like, decrease or increase that. Better be paired with either, uh, you know, a decrease in, in, in activity, like falling asleep or whatever, or, like, an increase in activity by, like, running or something. So to just sit there and do that seems like it would be bad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough to argue. I don't know. It just, it just weirds me out when I see him doing it. I'm like, oh, God, dude. Like, at a certain point, I feel like you got to faint or something, right? Like, <laughs> that just seems fucked up. I don't know if I want to meditate like that. Golly. It might be something where it's like, hey, your brain is working this way, so you're yeah. actively doing this extreme thing to your body to balance that out, you know? Yeah. I got a question. Would you pay $1,000 to learn how to transcendentally meditate? How much money do I have? Let's say you have enough where you're not that worried about it. You're just you're on the fence about like ah, but you you could do it easily. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Yeah. Seems cool. That's what it's worth. Sure. Okay. Just curious. I hear I hear I hear transcendental meditations the the tits so. Yeah, I heard Jerry Seinfeld used to do it on his lunch break when he was shooting Seinfeld. Paul McCartney's also into it. David Lynch does it like six times a day. Yeah. Um, and he's a vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. Full head of hair, but smokes like two packs a day. <laughs> yeah, Fucking <dude>. so annoying. <laughs> anyway, Suicide Squad. So we blow through that. They set up the whole thing. We're like, this team is going to die. The team does die. Um, one of the earliest jokes I can remember is Pete Davidson doing the whole, like, is this thing a dog? Which was funny. I liked that. Yeah. But then when he's like... No, it's a werewolf. And he's like, oh, it's a werewolf. And he's like, trying to unbuckle. That's a little too campy and over the top for me. Not my taste. Not for me. You know what my biggest problem with this movie is? Yeah. Waste to Nathan Fillion. 
Who the fuck is Nathan Fillion? Who the fuck is Nathan Fillion? Did you just say to me? Yeah, who's Nathan Fillion? Nathan Fillion. He's a he's an American treasure. I think he's Canadian, but he's from Firefly. He's Castle. Remember the show Castle? In my periphery, it exists. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember Castle. In this movie, well, he's though. the guy that gets rid of his arms. You know. Oh yeah, that guy was kind of funny. He's uh, Nathan Fillion's um, just. That reminds me of another quip. I like the thing where he's like, "Oh, TDK, what does that stand for?" And he's like, "It's just letters. It's my name, whatever." Oh no, and he goes, "It's just letters." And then Boomerang says, "Yeah, all names are just letters," which reminds me a lot of a great Atlanta joke, uh, where one of the characters just says some nonsense, and the dude's like, "One of the guys is like, you made that up," and he's like, "Man, everything's made up. Stay, Stay woke. woke." Yeah, this guy. That's Nathan Fillion. Yeah, he was kind of big in the '90s, and then got like just had a, a decent success in just you know yeah primetime TV, um, just like Kevin Sorbo, Matthew Lillard. Except he wasn't primetime TV; it was voicing Shaggy Rogers. Turned but, out to be his market, and he cornered it. Good on him. Yeah, but yeah, they all die quite violently, and then he, a little over the top. But in my opinion, top, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, not for me, sure, but not that different than like David Lynch getting weird and meandering and experimental, right? That just happens to be James Gunn's style, whatever. It's too much for my blood sometimes. But that's what James James Gunn's gonna James Gunn. And I can handle gore pretty well in movies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, not me. Until it's somebody's face. As yeah. soon as it's someone's face, I'm like, oh, no, that's yeah. who they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it starts off right from the rip just being like, you're going to look at this. Yeah. You might not look the whole time, but you're at least going to see some shit you don't want for a yeah, brief bird, second. Birds are seeing some brains. I don't even like them. Ki- that guy killing the fucking bird. Uh, yeah, what's his? Michael Rooker? Yeah, is Michael Rooker just another guy who can use anything as a weapon kind of type? I think he's like a bullseye kind of guy. Like yeah. Good aim. And he runs away, so we never... We so never Bloodsport, really Deadshot, Peacemaker, Michael Roker, Rooker, whatever his name is. Just got a lot of guys who just can use anything as a weapon. Yeah. But you also got a lot of guys with super strength. True. Joke of this movie is two characters do the exact same thing. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. That joke also landed. Yeah. I'm really looking at this more the way you'd look at a comedy, I yeah. guess. You know? Yeah. I would say so. I think that's one of its biggest strengths, right? Yeah, it is pretty funny. Yeah. I'd say it's it's as much as a comedy as a Guardians of the Galaxy is. Yeah, and I think Guardians of the Galaxy is probably more so than the rest of them, like the comedy yeah. one. It takes itself the least serious, but yeah. at the same time isn't like a... Like, because I, I wouldn't call it a drama, <laughs> you know? It's I guess like I would a call it comedy, an action, but also a superhero movie. Fuck it, shut up, everybody. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, they all die violently on the beach, and then you see on the other side of the beach our actual team is showing up. I liked that. That was a good switcheroo immediately. Um, yeah, I, I did like the fact that they were like, "All right, fuck it, team two. And another reason why I like that is because I, I know it's a, on the broader scale, like team two is not a good thing, but especially in World of Warcraft. Whoa. There's a okay. that's like a big kind of gag that like raids will usually like our guilds will usually have multiple raid teams. Mm-hmm. You want to be in the the raid team like raid team one. Yeah, and team two is usually the thing where it's like they're the guardians of the galaxy or the suicide squad. They're like the ragtag. You're gonna be here all night. You might not even clear the they're whole the bench thing. Warmers, like, yeah, they're the bench warmers. Yeah, 
they're the kids in the back of the class, you know? Yeah. So the fact that they're team two is also just extra funny to me. Cause like I said, like it's pervasive in the community. It's yeah. very, very much so an in joke to be like, Oh yeah, he's on team two or whatever, you know, that kind of a thing. So are we going to run through the whole plot of this movie? Do you want to do that? Kind of briefly, yeah, a little oh, bit. Just okay. overview, like, and then, you know, then you get the flashback, the pretty tacky, like, Ugh, three days earlier. Yep. Uh, you get that good joke we already talked about with the thing, just so I can kind of remember it a little bit. I mean, we yeah, just no saw problem. it, but, yeah. um, you know, then we slowly get, like, a little bit of an introduction to everybody. Uh, the thing that did excite me about the trailer, I don't like trailers in general, but I was like, as dumb as it sounds, like, they got a, they got a shark man? I'm just shark man, yeah. I like to see the shark man. I thought he looked pretty good for being great. a big computer CGI guy. There were some clo- close-up shots. So I was like, this yeah. looks like a real shark man. I'm into shark this. Shark man, honestly, one of the first times. Played by Sylvester Stallone. One of the first times that I've sat through a movie and never fucking once did I actually think, well, that's a CGI shark. Yeah. Yeah. I was always just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Nakala or whatever they say his name is. Yeah, I don't remember. Anunnaki. Something like that, yeah. His name yeah. was King Shark in the comics, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then I like, so they're on the beach, and uh, I do like, like, again, like, it's just another thing that's really smart to do in uh, when you're writing uh, is that your story, like, remembers itself kind of a thing. Like, if in a scene, like, I'm holding a spatula because uh, I was, like, you know, going to be putting away, and I write something like, oh, and then he forgets to put the spatula away. So the implication is that I'm holding it throughout this whole scene, and then we have a dialogue and stuff like that. And then, you know, if the next thing that happens is that fucking, you know, like the, the ninja assassins come into the room and I'm using the spatula now, right? That's because as a writer, I didn't forget that I had my character hang on to that spatula. Kind of like, there's a lot of different things. Like, you know, like if there's a gun in the first act, it better be used in the third. I was going to say, it's, Chekhov's spatula. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like that. Like, again, they have no idea that there's a team one even. Like yeah. they think they're and so the whole time there's like explosions going on they're like oh what is going on to the south yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like it's a diversion don't worry about it <laughs> oh wait you know we did forget i also i is it's grotesque and it's actually it was kind of painful to watch because i don't want to watch someone fucking drown but the fact that the weasel couldn't swim was yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. funny <laughs> that's a pretty good gag that um, was that was something from the trailer the weasel Every time I show it, I'm like, God, I hope this is... I hope he's in the whole movie, in my opinion. I want to see the weasel and the shark man hanging out. I was like, I hope he dies immediately. I hope he's, <laughs> I hope he's part, part of the A-team that dies immediately. Because more so than faces getting blown off, don't want to fucking look at that thing. I yeah. absolutely No, he looks it. like a <laughs> fucking meth weasel. Like, it's so fucking I funny, he, but I don't want to look at it. He looks like a cracked out version of uh, Racket Raccoon. Yeah. And I like yeah. that again, because... Played by the same guy. That's crazy. Uh, Suicide Squadron, Sleeping in the Alley. Rocket Raccoon's not going to look as nice. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, there's a lady who controls rats. She's got that thing where she sleeps all the time. Rat Master. I do like that as soon as they get on the beach, they're like, all right, <sighs> got to camp. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, this is where just little piss. details like that, like about the whole thing where it's like, oh, it's a mile to the north. Like them just mentioning little things like that, like because his explanation for why they have to camp is because, like, We'll go to sleep now, and then when we wake up, by the time it's dark, we'll be to the city tomorrow. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like he says that and whatnot. And I just like those are. I don't know what you call that. Maybe world building or something. But yeah. it's just you know, it's immersive. Or whatever. I like you know. Uh, I don't think there's. I can't think of another superhero movie where they're like really actually laying out 
that kind of a thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? let's like get on the plan. You know yeah, what's going they on. legitimately seem like a black ops team. He's the leader. He's got the info. He's got the info. Literally some info. Some info that I don't feel like you get a lot of the times when like someone's like, uh, oh yeah, so and so's the leader. You see it a lot in like maybe cowboy movies or something. But it's something that you know exists on journeys in other tales. But I haven't really seen it in the superhero journey. So that was just a nice little detail that I thought was neat. Then they get a mission in the middle of the night. They got to go save. Brick Flair. I think it's the morning, actually. But whatever. Yeah, and that's a great gag, too. Very funny. They very impressively, already, you know, they're like killing this whole camp of guys who supposedly have Mr. Flag held captive. Yeah, I like the little who can kill guys cooler competition mm-hmm. between the two. I like that they I don't, don't like say it. I don't like Elba talking under his breath and being like, damn it, he's right. Yeah, that was a little very funky. ADR'd. You can tell he didn't yeah. say that, uh, but yeah, no, I like that they were having that little competition, but they weren't like, okay, let's see who could get. They mm-hmm. just do it. It's just you can see from them looking at each other. Eh, I like it. I like it a lot. Shark guy eating people, always fun. I liked it every time. Hate to admit, but it always got a got a good kick out of. I got a good kick out of it. Um, one guy's dick is just out for no reason. Yes, didn't like that. Didn't like it. Didn't like that. So oh, like, a, like a needless dick. I'm like, ooh, they're gonna shoot this guy in the dick, and they yeah. didn't. So they subverted expectations, but also <laughs> didn't want to see the guy's dick. No, I'm fine with it because that's the weird thing is that like that movie in terms of how gross it is, violence wise, and then also having a dick in it. Like, how is that not necessarily considered X-rated? But I then you can't show penetration in a movie. I was just saying, yeah, you know? penetration is like whatever. The X. So I'm saying more dicks and less violence more penetration let's turn it into porn i'm not saying that but i'm just saying it's weird that like it's so normal so normal for every movie and i mean every movie that comes out every year to be about a white guy who's angry and doesn't know how to communicate so he's just gonna go get vengeance and he's got a gun and he's shooting people in the heart and killing dozens of people and that's more acceptable than like sometimes dick being in the frame. Not in terms of what you're saying. I don't mean yeah, in terms no, of what no. you're saying. I just mean in like a grander scale. It's crazy that we're okay with the idea that like if you got screwed over by a guy and he stole your dog, that warrants an hour and a half of taking people's lives. There was That's acceptable. But there was ooh, John Wick is on throwing shade at Yeah. I can't remember the video game, but there's a video game being shown off at E three one year. Mm. Like they had like floor demos people could come up and play it. It was like a horror game, and like you walk through some like section, like a hallway or corridor, and there's a bunch of dead, naked people, and they're like, "Oh, we have a problem here." Floor demo. This is America. There might be younger people walking by. These are naked bodies, and they're like, "Oh, just mutilate them. Just fuck that shit up." Yeah. Until there's no bits left, mm-hmm. and it's like that's that's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah think i lost the plot my They're mind kill the bit. freedom fighters yes and then that's the reveal right they're like how come my men didn't alert me that you were here well, we didn't see nobody <laughs> yes I, I also like that line where yeah she's like uh we didn't see anybody on the way yet <laughs> also polka dot may have mentions before this that uh his origin story or whatever his mom experimented on him so he's always whatever he wants to kill he uh, imagines people are his mom yeah and tries to kill them i think the first line's him. good but then i don't like when he's like she's like what happened or whatever and he's like i imagined them all as my mother and then i killed them I don't yeah like no that. didn't love that but what i was the getting to what, what i was getting to is i think we already missed the first time you see from his point of view and everybody is his mom 
No, I think it happens when he looks at the squad, right? Yeah, I thought that but was does he do that right then? before. Oh, no, it happens with Ric Flair there, too. So, yeah, it happens after this. I'm yeah. sorry. But anyways, very quick back-to-back, you get the thing where he says, like, they're like, well, you know, he's like, I don't like killing. And they're like, well, then how do you do it? And he's like, I just picture him as my mom. And that's, like, the nice, perfect line, in my opinion, of being edgy, but, like, mm-hmm. not so edgelordy that I don't like this character anymore. And then, like, two seconds later, she's like, well, what happened? And he's like, I imagined them all as my mom, and then I killed them. And I'm like, oh, now you took it a little too far. Now it's a little too yeah. icky. That's just my two cents about that. I think maybe if the first, if early he says something like, "Oh, I gotta like," there's I gotta, maybe more distance between the lines or something. Or if like if the first too, time bam, instead bam. of saying it the first time, he said something along the lines of like, "Ooh, I just gotta picture the right person" or something yeah. like that, or "I gotta get the right headspace" or something like that, and then he blurts it out there because I think that joke works really well there for them to quick cut to her looking around and be like, "Well, I'd make a deal with the damn devil who could help me do this." I don't know why I gave her a southern accent. Um, so yeah. So yeah, then what? They're like getting transported in, basically. To Maybe the city? They cut to Harley Quinn. Perhaps, yeah. Was that like the Harley Quinn bit where she the the president asks her to marry? Maybe. Whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that scene here. real quick. That's I like that scene as a whole. That's a good one. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just again, it, it reminds me of Grant Morrison. Just that thing where like. In my opinion, that that's a yeah, that's a clever idea that like that this group of people idolize Harley Quinn for being in yeah. their minds anti-U.S. government. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, like, oh no, I think we're skipping right past. You see Doctor Who for the first time, and he uh, talks yes. to this guy and the general, and he's like, "Oh, Starfish, Starro, I'm making Starro. I have Starro. He controls minds." And they're like, yeah. "Cool, you're working for us. You're on board." Handshake, and he's like, "Cool." Got all these things in my head. Who knows how I sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms of... Yeah, let's just address villains real quick. How do you feel about the villains of this movie? I like Peter Capaldi. I like him in everything. Did, I did not care for the other two guys. Yeah, I feel like it's serviceable at best. It, it reminds me a lot of, like... <sighs> Iron Man 1 without there being... That, Absolutely, like yeah. uh, that great of a Jeff Bridges guy necessarily yeah. too much. Like, I know at the end they're kind of like, "Well, who the fuck do you think started this shit?" Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I do like that. They're like, I do like Starro as well. Yeah, yeah, Starro's good, and also the thing where it's like, yeah, the U.S. government also is at fault here, and I like how, yeah, I like that it ends with. The world getting destroyed by aliens, just like every other fucking superhero movie has been doing, but in just a way cooler way. Yeah. Right. I also do like about that. I mean, we're skipping ahead, but to that reveal. Yeah. I like how it's not like, oh, yeah, it was Waller's division that brought them here into this. They're like, Mm -hmm. no, it was fucking Yankee Doodle. It was America. Yeah. The American government Mm -hmm. was doing this. Um, And again, something I was thinking like. I don't know if that shit would fly over there in Marvel Town, because that's a big thing. Like, like we've discussed before, especially in the Marvel episodes, is like the the fact that you know movies kind of have to play ball with the U.S. government. Yep, yep, yep. But this movie does not utilize any like army trucks or like yep, yep. or like air bases or anything like that. So, for all I know, I'm speaking very ignorantly right now, but probably didn't play ball with the other thing so yeah. like, this movie doesn't fucking concern it you know yeah absolutely so, 
that's punk rock and hell. Punk yeah. rock as hell. Good on you, James. Um. So, anyways, yeah, and then they're sneaking in to the city, right? They got to put costumes on. It's kind of funny, like the idea that like they're like, "Hey, Shark Man can't wear nothing," kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't like that he's like fake Big mustache. mustache. Yeah, that shit sucked. Again, it, it kind of breaks. It's like another example of like these jokes that I keep breaking up that bringing up that like kind of break it for me because it's he's supposed to have like the intelligence of like a third or fourth grader kind of a thing like I don't know it just seems like in my head at least I was like would he be that like culturally aware that we do that that often kind of a thing to even say fake mustache hey, you think you're too hard about it but yeah, yeah at the same I time know. I was like fake mustache fake mustache is almost a sentence it's pretty coherent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so yeah. specific that it breaks is what I really mean to say. Yeah. I mean, I know I was talking about it a lot, but I mean, to say it's just like a weird thing for him to say. I feel like there's a more natural, like, example he could have given or I don't know. But anyways, yeah, that one didn't land for me because that just felt like a weird joke. Um, Yeah, they're in the van. They're, what, they get into town and they go to the titty bar, right? I mean, I'm glossing over a lot of little things, but, you know, just yeah, to uh, keep it kind of going. I think we missed the Harley Quinn scene you like a lot. Oh yeah, right when she's the the marriage thing, they you know they have sex just before, and uh, I really did enjoy that because there's that nice montage of them like falling in love, and then he proposes to her kind of, and it gets serious, and the music drops out, and then it hard cuts to them fucking and just knocking over and smashing all of the prince's like expensive shit in his mansion. I thought that was yeah. pretty funny. He, he reveals a big bad plot to her, like any man, woman, or child that stands in her way mm. now, will do. she just shoots him in the back. In the red flags, yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, which I liked, because as soon as they were, like, starting this whatever, they were making out or whatever, I was like, oh, she's going to kill him. She's going to kill him. She's going to kill him. And then as soon as I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is part of the movie. She kills him. It's great. Uh, and then, yeah, she gives a whole red flags thing. Uh, and then they arrest her again. Mm-hmm. And then... And there's also the scene where they're torturing her. I think that's after the titty bar. Oh, definitely. So the titty bar. Yes. They hang out, they drink. Idris Elba's like, we're only going to have one. But they have more than one. They're hanging out. And that's actually a really cute scene where I'm like, look at these guys getting along. I do ragtag bunch of ruffians. I was thinking of it watching this. I do really dislike in movies. Usually it's with an ensemble. And usually it's something like this where they're drinking. But they're just like, ah, oh, come on, we'll do this and we'll have fun. And then immediately cuts to, during that conversation, no one says anything that's fun. They're just having fun immediately. Like, they all take a shot and go, ah, ha, 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 ah, ha, ha. Someone starts coughing, like, oh, ho, ho, hi, yeah, we're, uh, we're having a good time here, guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it, but whatever. It's serviceable. It works. They're having a good time. Yeah, it wasn't that offensive in this one for me, I don't think. I think I've seen it worse. Because my defense for this one is that it's not like they get, like, plastered, right? I don't even mean so much so, like, throughout the bar scene and the monsters yeah. of them. Have, that's fine. But it's like if uh, me and you were sitting here with shots, I was like, come on, Chris. Let's doink. And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, come on. And you're like, okay. And you, we took a shot, and you coughed a little bit. And I went, ah, ha, ha, ha. And you went, ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah, oh. you're talking about, like, what is it? Which one of them, uh, which one's the one that kind of chokes on a little bit? I don't fucking know. Uh, Polka Dot Man, I think. Yeah, I don't know. But ignoring that part, uh, as someone who spent a year not drinking, like, uh, that resonates with me much more now, specifically the thing where someone talks you into one drink, and then suddenly you are actually having a good time. Because there have been a lot of functions I, I go to where, I, like, because I'm not drinking and everyone else is, I'm just like, dude i gotta get out of here 
But then there was that one night in Chicago where I was literally trying to go home. But then I got kind of talked back into it because Chloe was like, I requested a duet at the karaoke. And I was like, whatever. I'll have a couple of Stella Artois. And literally, like, within one beer, suddenly I'm... I ended up having, like, three beers or whatever. Like, I was, like, joking around and, like, singing along with other people doing the karaoke. And they were doing sabotage and stuff like that. And it was honestly pretty much exactly like that. So, you know, <laughs> just one of those things where, like... The difference between me enjoying being at the karaoke bar and not enjoying was whether or not I was pouring alcohol on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> after a year, after a year of sobriety, Chris finds out drinking rules. Yeah, it does kick ass. It's just, <laughs> um, it's just finding out where's that point where it stops kicking ass. Yeah, you know, like uh, I don't even want to put a number on it, but there's just a like a certain f- like level of having some drinks in you that like everything in your body is telling you it's saturday night you don't drink that often let's just fucking drink until we can't even see anymore Mm -hmm. and you gotta be like no 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 i feel good at three drinks let's just chill and maybe in an hour i'll have another one and like it's time to space them out now right that's why i don't want to put a number on it because you know if you like kill three to get there and then just relax it from there you know have like a drink an hour you can ride it out for as long as you want you know what i hate i think my biggest problem with drinking is yeah. my body refuses to fucking black out yeah <laughs> what happens when i drink is either i'll drink a little bit and i know my limit and i have a good time and that's the end of the night or i'll drink and i'll drink and i'll drink i'm not feeling a lot and then i'll keep drinking and then i'm like oh i'm gonna throw up and then i throw up and i'm like okay i'd like to be done now and then i'm just queasy and mm-hmm. just absent-minded the whole time and I'm like i guess i'll keep drinking and i keep drinking and i just keep like I feel like I'm falling back into the sunken place. Like, I'll just sit somewhere and I'm like, ugh. And, like, my body, I mentally checked out. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, my body just won't sleep. Because as soon as I try to go to sleep, my mm-hmm. body's like, ooh, we're dizzy. We're puking now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a blessing and a curse, though. Yeah. You don't really necessarily want to be blanking out for <laughs> Yeah. As someone who's funny, you're blanking out every night. <laughs> it's not that awesome. What I'm saying is I'd like to be able to sleep after yeah. I get drunk. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> Um. Yeah, because there's I don't know. I think most people have it, but there's just that thing where when I drink, uh, like for sure, it's like I'm not saying this in my head like the blackout part, but like it's like my body is racing to the blackout, and it's like yeah. why enjoy the journey yeah, to the blackout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the blackout's when it stops being fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's when it stops being anything. Yeah. Next um, thing you know, you're just all naked, covered in piss in your own bed. If you're lucky, your own bed. <laughs> if you're lucky, um, sometimes it's the front seat of your car. Or some very expensive rug. Um, yeah. So Doctor Who shows up at the bar. He just plays it real cool. Very cool. He's Love. like, ha, 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 that's a gun. You're laughing. We're old friends. You're going to take me to Jotunheim. And then uh, the government shows up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's okay. Everybody, just give us your papers. And Idris Elba goes, oh, let's not ruin everybody's so good cool, time. Yeah. But is it so it's cool? cool. The, other, the rest of them slip out the back and they get arrested. Um, and maybe close to my favorite scene in the movie. It's just the three of them stuck in the back of the truck, just sh- shooting the shit with the soldiers. There's something about, I don't know what it is. Like this scene particularly where the guy gets him a cigarette. Or if you see someone on a firing line. With the blindfold out of the cigarette in their mouth. Coolest shit ever to me. Don't know why. There's a scene in Old Boy, which I've been trying to watch recently, where he gets out of being in prison for 15 years. And he sees like a group of like just street kids. 
and one of them's smoking a cigarette, and he says something about, like, I haven't even seen a cigarette in 15 years, and he just takes it out of the guy's mouth. Starts smoking, the guy's like, what the fuck? And he punches him, and he knocks him on his ass, he's just laying on the ground, he's like, ah. Oh. You just smoke. So anything, someone in a, a dire situation smoking a cigarette is the coolest thing I've ever seen. They emerged from the back after the crash. Yes, very cool. That's I do like the, the thing I was where talking like about that came like straight from a magazine yeah. cover. I do like that the John Cena kills both the drivers, and it's kind of one of those things where like. Uh, again, it's always most interesting when like the problems that your characters are dealing with were created by themselves kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's fun that, like, oh, fuck. Well, now I'm an idiot. God damn. I got to reach through this hole and, you know, drive. But anyways, and then they emerge from it, and they're wearing, you know, like Pulp Fiction, they're wearing just bullshit. It's very funny that John Cena's in, like, jorts. Yeah, I like it. You know, it's very, I, like, very I, I love later reason the jorts and he has the helmet on. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yes. And then what kind of happens from there? They, I think it's... Let's go save Harley time. That's yes, Operation exactly. Harley or yeah. whatever. And I do legitimately love everything about the Harley Quinn character, except, excuse me, for her just awful, awful costume, in my opinion. She's got awful tattoos like Daddy's Little Monster. I think those are holdovers from the last Suicide 100%, Squad. 100%, and I wish, I wish they would have like just let it get a redesign along with like all the other characters, just that kind of classic look. Because like, I don't like the red and black hair thing, and like there's just a lot about it that's just like... She's almost like the physical embodiment of having a monster tattoo. Yeah. Monster energy. Um, and then there's also just, you know, in general, I don't mind the ditzy and the dumb, but, like, again, it just takes it to a point where, like, it just kind of becomes too saccharine and, like, over the top, where she's just, like, going on and on and on and on and on about, like, some kind of misunderstanding she has. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, all right. Well, like, the joke died probably the first time she said it, and it's been, like, 30 straight seconds of her just going over and over yeah. and over again with the... That's that's what I hate about characters like Deadpool and Harley Quinn. It's, like, the joke the first time, not that funny, but yeah. I get it. And then they just keep going and going and going, yeah. and people with monster tattoos eat that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of, like, the things the character does... Yeah, great. Great. Love that. Like I said, I love just kind of, like... Wandering off and surviving from Tame One and being taken a prisoner and then being like almost married and then killing the president. Just kind of. She arguably has a more interesting movie than anybody else. Yeah. If we hung on her, it probably would have been cooler. Yeah. And then she's like a, you know, captured and she like breaks out in a very cool way. She breaks out with Tarantino level bare feet shots. (laughs) Just over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I almost nutted when she was clenching them toes. I was doing the exact opposite. I think I've. I think I have. I dislike people's bare feet so much. I might even have a shoe fetish. If I'm being honest, I get that shit out of my face. <laughs> um, and I, I also love the whole thing. Uh, again, it's just the joke didn't really land. But I like the sentiment of the whole like we're here to rescue and her being like, you would do that for me. Yeah, and I like. It's yeah, like, uh, but like I get it. Like it, it, it is. It works. But it's like I don't know. I feel like if the delivery was just a little yeah. bit better, because I do like the line of like, I can go back in and you guys can try again. That's mm. I love that. But yeah. also at the same time, let's give it two more takes, maybe. I feel like it would be a line, maybe. I'm just throwing this out as an idea. Like, would that work almost as if she was trying to be funny? Do you think it would work better, even perhaps? Maybe. I mean, 
Maybe. Because that's one of the things that I don't like sometimes in movies is when, like, they try to sell a line as if the character would have really said it, when in reality, if that person was saying that, they would have been saying it kind of, like, with a shit-eating grin, kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, a lot of times times humor is played... If something is played just straight, Mm -hmm. that makes it way funnier. But also at the same time, yeah, like this situation, yeah, you're right, it might have been a little funnier if she was like... Well, I can go back inside if you'd like. Yeah, because I feel like that's something the character is missing is, like, ever being intentionally funny. Yeah. I don't like that her character is always unintentionally funny. And when she is being intentionally funny, it's, like, the 69 joke. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, as uh, bad as the millennial joke this movie yeah. makes. As bad as the that's racist joke that this movie makes. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the three big clunkers. Just felt totally The three flat. biggest laughs they got yeah. from the guy forcing stuff from us. <laughs> yeah. Well, the That's Racist one got a huge laugh. Even the Millennials one did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, um, and then we're, you know, big time saving the day. Off to the races, baby. Um, All that stuff's great. It's intense. I like them, you know, planting the bombs everywhere. Then they're down in the basement. They're finding out about the dirty little secrets. How do you feel about, I loved it, but then I thought about it more and I disliked it. How do you feel about that scene of them driving up and then coming out and you get that cool action shot, that cool hero shot of all of them? In the hay. rain? Yeah, to hay by the Pixies. Um, It was weird. I appreciate it for trying something different because I've never really seen that. Because there's like the thing where like, honestly, I thought they were trying to kind of foreshadow that they would all die. Because there's that point where in the song it says like, if you go, I will surely die. And as that happens, what's happening? Idris Elda is yeah. going away from it and fading into the overexposed yeah. rain and i think it's more so just like a, a tug-in-cheek like they're yeah. the suicide squad yeah but chris i'm sure you know this about me there's nothing i love more than a good needle drop yeah just a good song and a good part of a movie and there's yeah. a cool shot of heroes walking in the rain Ooh, gets me every time can i show you how i met your mother episode where they drop the hay needle yeah sure Oh, do they play hay? Yeah, there's a scene. Yeah. Oh no, I don't like that. But yeah, you what? should show me later. How I don't know. I, how many really gets a pass in my book? Okay, yeah, that's fine. But I, uh, what I thought was cool about this was like, oh fuck, I've never heard "Hey" by the Pixies in a TV show or a movie before. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And like, yeah, I was telling you in the car uh, at the beginning when all those people, the first Suicide Squad dies. Yeah. Uh, and it shows all their bodies and it plays a song, "People Who Died." I love that song, and I love "Hey" by the Pixies, and a lot of the music. The needle drops in this are just songs that I personally like that I listen to myself that I haven't heard in other TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. And now I can't listen to those fucking songs anymore. <laughs> that song comes out in my car and someone's going to be like, oh, is that the, oh, this is the song from Suicide Squad. Like, God <laughs> damn it. Yeah, like I said, it was interesting at first because what's that term for sound that comes from like within the movie? Diegetic. Diegetic, yeah. At first, Hay starts that way. And I yeah. do kind of like that where it's like inside the van and it's the middle of the day, and it's just about to start raining, but the sun's out. Like, that's such a specific... Like I said, I've never seen that. Like, that's a weird thing to pair a song with. Yeah. I don't really think I've ever seen that thing where, like, it's like... Like I said, just all of those little elements. Like, middle of the day, sunny, but raining. You know, hot in the van, probably. Playing on the radio. You know, like, when I think of that song, usually, I'm thinking about nighttime. Mm-hmm. Driving yeah. at night. Right. So I do think it's a really interesting scene, and I would say in general I like it. And also, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, watching them kind of phase in because the camera's so overexposed and stuff. It's it's neat. It's a really neat thing that I've never seen. Yeah, it was great. I know, loved it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go inside. They're placing the bombs. Dirty little secret in the basement. Um, I like again, like 
that's I think that might some people laughed like it was a joke, like one of the button elevators said Dirty Little Secret, but I think that's just another one of those scene transitions, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Can confirm. Can confirm. Um but yeah, they're planting the bombs and they go in the basement. And Doctor Who has shown them around and there's all these people with starro fish all over the face and they're like, Are you here to save us? He's been having his way with us for thirty years. And he and just like, kinda smiles. Did you see any kids in the crowd? None. Yeah, well, that's fine, and I know that he probably did, but that was weird when Bad Haircut Guy was like, He's been experimenting on kids! Oh. Which is fine, because he's right. Movie theater. Was that? I thought you meant in the movie theater, but uh, no. no, I didn't see it. I could have been. Neither did I. It, like I said, it's fine. I totally get it. He probably was, but it was just one of those things where, like, I didn't see that necessarily so when he said it i was like yeah i'm sure he has been but like because i didn't see any kids i was like i assume yes yeah uh and like we said very much so hey it's the american government doing this yeah and Uh, i like that peacemaker again it's one of those things where like all these characters have like motivations and like you can understand it like so his interpretation of peace is like i just don't want to do anything to disrupt the peace and anything i have to do to bring things back to that even keel whether it's the good thing or the bad thing i'm gonna do it to bring it back to that that middle thing and it's nice because it's uh could have been explored more but you can even just think about that a little bit you know just think about how yeah inherently peace is not necessarily a good thing it can even mean that sometimes the bad things are Mm -hmm. just not being addressed yeah keeping the peace is not good yeah inherently so it's really neat i like that a lot i like that about his character but yeah i think i really like again i'm probably biased because of doctor who but i do really like his whole shit there about the government and just being like 30 years of research down the drain because I just fucking run in the mill military coup. Mm-hmm. It's great. I loved yeah. loved all that shit. That's really good, yes. Um, and then a bunch of bombs go off and Starro is free. Yes. You get they, a little bit of shit with like Milton and like the polka dot man. Yeah, I liked that the Milton joke because yeah, while the, <laughs> they never brought any attention to him being there and a few times it was like, I just love that the driver's just there with them. <laughs> Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he dies, and there's that. I like that scene. I didn't mean to deride it at all. It seems like a better. I don't know. I To go back to the javelin thing, I actually did like the javelin scene where he's like, I want you to have the javelin. You're worthy of having the javelin. That was all pretty funny. But then it was ruined by her being like, What? For what? For who? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's just. It's one of those things where it's like, All right, this didn't need to be that joke. Like, Like, again, it's just too dumb. It's like too dumb. Like I feel like it's a it's a joke that could work with a really with really really good delivery, but Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn voice never has good delivery. Yeah, in this movie or the last one I remember seeing, um, I feel like she was funny. Maybe that's what it is. I've just never seen Harley Quinn on screen, so I'm just yeah going more so off of like not liking that. But it could be also delivery. I, I remember her being funny in Birds of Prey. I have no examples, but I don't know. I'll have to watch that again. Um, yeah, they do all that. The building starts to blow the fuck up. And that's all cool. I like when they're all trying to hang out for deal of life. I mean, on a side note, the shark man made some friends, but then they try to eat him. Uh, you know, buildings falling in half. They got to run across it and jump over. Yada, yada, yada. That's all good. I like that Idris Elba does the whole Batman grappling hook thing, but it fails, and he smashes his way all the way down to the peacekeaper scene. Very he's slowly. About yeah, to I like shoot that, yeah. Rat, and that's... One of many scenes, especially during the climax, where whenever Idris Elba sees the rat girl, 
it's already been established that she reminds him of her daughter, and that's always when he seems to get like a second wind or like yeah. genuinely care. Yeah. You know. And uh, then a bullet gets shot with another bullet, but instead of melding together like you'd imagine, Idris Elba's bullet's small enough to go inside of his bullet, just like the joke that Peacemaker made in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I the, like that. I yeah. like that a lot, yeah. yeah. I shoot more in the center. Well, how do you shoot more <laughs> in the center? Smaller bullets. My bullet goes through your bullet hole without even touching the sides. It's <laughs> yeah. so good, yeah. I did like that Peacekeeper line, and I also like that scene. They're doing a Peacekeeper TV show. That could be funny. They just finished filming it. Is John Cena in it? John Cena's in it. James Gunn directed it. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure that'd be good. But he's I hope dead. it'll be good. But he's dead. Probably gonna be a prequel. Probably be- yeah, it's probably before he's in the Suicide Squad. Um, and then yeah, Starro is uh, loose and all that, and you know he starts taking over. Yada yada yada. I love Starro. Love everything about Starro. I love how colorful it is. Yeah. I love the big guy. Uh, I like how he moves around like a man in a big rubber suit. Mm-hmm. And I like when he shoots the starros out. It looks like he's just like shitting them out, like an actual like organic thing, like yeah. just out of the side. Ugh. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's a really, really, um, just like it's not even that hard. James Gunn just mad- managed to do it by turning it into a starfish to just freshen up the idea that a alien from another place is destroying the world at the end of a superhero movie. Yeah, no, I mean, Starro it feels so fresh and unique. I think Sorrow has been around since, like, the 50s. And yeah. It's, like, a main staple, like, Superman villain, I think. Mm-hmm. But, no, I just love that uh, the, I'm such a sucker for a director or a screener or someone looking at a comic book yeah. and going, well, let's just do exactly this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, like, it could have easily just been, like, the Hakari or whatever coming yeah. through and looking like something that could exist in the background of alien versus predator yeah like a grayish That's what I'm saying. brown like, green yeah monster but yeah no it's fucking yeah. starro it's mm-hmm. great uh, exactly that um so yeah that's all really cool i did like that um i uh <laughs> too bad that he died because i did like polka dot man that man but i i oh. I did like again because it's established in his character that his mom was trying to make a superhero and stuff like that and then he you know takes his mom mm-hmm. down i.e. Starro, and he says, I think he's like, I'm a superhero, and he's like, I'm a motherfucking, and then he gets smashed, which, in my opinion, I don't know, I think I would have preferred it if he lived. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few types of this movie, um, like when uh, Milton dies, I was like, oh, he's their Yinsid, and the crocodile <laughs> man dies, I'm like, he's their Yinsid? <laughs> um, but I always think it's strange in movies where main characters die you can always tell it's gonna happen just from the shot a couple seconds it just hangs on that shot that's a little bit too wide you're like oh something's coming from out of frame and killing this guy yeah it reminds me of like growing up watching like scooby-doo cartoons how like the thing that's actually gonna gonna move move, is for some reason like two shades lighter than everything else yeah so yeah and then rats save the day and then rats save the day and then rats save the day which i think is cool that's that's something that I always think about with like um this is an original thought but like Ant Man yeah Ant Man can get big and small but also he can c- communicate with ants that's the power right there bud yeah if you can control any type of insect or small animal like rats and get them to all accomplish one task the world is yours baby like <laughs> it's insane yeah that's one of the things uh again that Grant Morrison thing where it's like that's like a like a thing that like. Grant Morrison's the king of taking shit that, like, excuse me, uh, Marvel loves doing the whole, like, in Captain America, like, it's a little outdated, isn't it? Yeah. 
and just being like, no, this is original and nobody else is doing this. Of course this is the best idea that comics has to offer. Yeah. Someone who can control rats? Are you kidding me? And I just like that. I like that that's how the movie ends with, like, what other superhero movie was going to be like, or at least, like, company trying to make a superhero movie is going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, your 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 end bad guy can be a giant starfish with an eyeball in the middle of it. Uh, and then what other, like, again, what other superhero movie is going to be like, oh, yeah, also that could be killed by uh, millions and millions and millions of rats. and Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, like, this is so cool. I'm like, okay, cool. Fuck, I just saw a giant space starfish get eaten by a million rats. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, quick side note. I think you should read Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman. I have. You have? The one where he's dying. He doesn't want to tell Lois. And... Moving on. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, because the whole book is that Grant Morrison just, like, yeah. literally taking things from yeah 50s and 60s mm-hmm. superman comic books that are just yeah. fucking stupid he does it to a cool. lesser extent with uh arkham asylum a serious house and serious yeah. earth earth but like again like batman in general there's not he doesn't really touch a lot on like it's early enough in his career that he's not really digging in the fucking shit you yeah know? but like just like a little example is like the two-faced thing i like the idea that like all of his decisions were based on like yes and no very black and white mm-hmm. so they weaned him down to like a, a dice roll and then to like tarot cards and then down to a deck of cards and he was like literally paralyzed to the point where like even to decide whether or not to get up to piss he'd have to like consult the deck of cards and he'd end up pissing himself because how long that takes and stuff fucked up yeah anyways they do it we also missed uh duck we're gonna take down the big monster and Amanda waller's like yay picking that big oh yeah i forgot that and then steve agee and the director's wife beat up viola davis yeah viola davis just oh my god commits a tragedy on this film in yeah. terms of her performance in a good or a bad way i'm saying she didn't just kill it she fucking she's like that oh yeah Ted she's Bundy. so good yeah. she's like the ted bundy of the film she fucking <laughs> not only murders it but eats it afterwards oh my god yeah she's an amazing actor holy shit uh, so yeah, they win. And Chris... I thought Idris Elba also did a very, very fantastic job. Oh, Those yeah. are the two standout actors of the film. Those guys knocked it out of the park. Chris, if I'm being honest, I don't remember what happens after this. Well, a little bit before Harley Quinn got the idea that the javelin what was what was going to save the day, so she jumped into the eye. Was not expecting the eye to be ocean like. That was weird too. Anytime like a character jumps underwater in a movie, I immediately hold my breath and see if I can <laughs> hold my breath for as long as they do it. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm getting lightheaded. I'm going to stop this one. <laughs> uh, also hate that because I hate anything that had to do with like hurting an eyeball mm-hmm. and the fact that the rats are eating what's inside of there. And I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> um, but what happens after that? Well, we actually rolled over that. You, you, we, you brought it up, but we didn't even talk about it. There's, again, so multiple times throughout this, I was one of the reasons why I was asking some of those questions about the first Suicide Squad was to ask one did they feel like bad guys and two was there that dynamic between amanda waller right uh because that's again two really big strengths i think this movie has in terms of how it's written is like these are bad guys you like them because they've got traits that you like and stuff like that yeah but they do bad things yeah and the other one in the other one it is people going you are bad guys Mm -hmm. we are bad guys these are bad guys Mm -hmm. our relationship with amanda waller is contentious Mm -hmm. hey listen suicide squad i know your relationship with me is contentious right now Mm -hmm. just just telling you over and over again Mm -hmm. but yeah like you 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 see him slaughter a whole village of freedom fighters or 
what have you. Um, and then, yeah, with the Amanda Waller thing, uh, you know, she makes it very clear at multiple points earlier in the film. Like, I mean, that's the whole point of like Michael Roke or whatever, getting his head blown up was to establish the fact that like, if you go off mission, yeah. I'm going to blow up your brain. And then you get that moment when they decide, you know what? Fuck it. We're fighting the fucking starfish. And Amanda Waller's like, God damn it. And then she gets domed. But uh, yeah, that was a good scene too. I was like, damn, is she really about to? Because like, and again, it's one of those things where much like Game of Thrones, like they've established pretty much that anybody could die. So I legitimately thought there was a chance that Idris Elba could get blown. Yeah. I really did. I was yeah, like, damn, absolutely. is he about to get blown? Um... And then, yeah, we also glossed, even though we talked about it earlier, we glossed over the fact that, like, yes. So them deciding to do that, that it reinforces the idea that everybody has a little bit good in them, the same thing that the rats saw in them, and then his daughter gets to see in them on TV and whatnot. And after that, how does it totally wrap up? I remember the screen going bloody red, kind of. Um... Oh, yeah, it ends with him being like, hey, I got all this data that shows that America did this shit. Okay, yeah. Uh, we're doing our own thing or else I'm going public with that. And uh, she says that thing, which, again, is a great line, I think, and it's a great great delivery. I you know, I love those two actors. I love their dynamic. I love when she's like, told you I'd make a leader out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. I thought that was really, really good. And I think it kind of ends there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. I'll believe you. I'll take your word for yeah. it. Yeah. And so to rate it, um, being very fair, this is in terms of my enjoyment and where I would rank it. Uh, I love the film, just to give you an example, Horror of Dracula. Mm-hmm. came out in 1957. It starts Christopher Lee playing Dracula. Um, it's slow. It's quiet. It's in color. There's some blood. Um, kind of a decent... It's not as atmospheric as the one from the excuse me, 30s, but there, it has a charm to it. And I like it. I would probably give it like a C plus. Yeah. Not a similar movie at all, but like I'd probably give this movie like a C plus. Um, and I don't think that's a bad grade on the scale that I'm trying to establish for myself. Like yeah. maybe maybe if I did it numerically, I would say that this is probably like a, you know, in like the six seven range. Yeah. Six and a half seven. But like, also it's one of those things where to contextualize that like. I would have to, we'd have to review more movies and me to place things along, but, you know, like anything over five, I liked, I liked it. It was good. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, I think five is good. Five yeah. is a good movie that yeah. I liked. Yeah. Um, you know, to get 10, you're just going to have to be something that I enjoyed as much as, and like feel like has more of that, like, oh, you kind of have to see this factor yeah. to it. Like. 10's gonna be your godfather your there will be blood your no country for old men like those are just movies that like are they my favorite i'm not saying that but i'm saying those are the movies that like when i think of like oh what's a 10 you know what i mean those are those ones yeah you know a lot of my favorite movies are probably gonna fall in the eight or nine category because it's like yeah well it's punch drunk love beautiful movie it's moving it's intoxicating i get swept up in it um but, like, is this, like, a must-see before you die? I, I don't know. It's just a story about a guy with anger problems, you know, who's lonely and doesn't really know how to deal with his feelings or intimacy and ends up falling in love, and, you know? There's some weird shit in there with him, like, calling a sex line, but the sex line is, like, shady, and they're sending guys after him to try to, like, you know, work him over for money and stuff, and that's very stressful, yada, yada, yada. You know, good movie. Eight. Maybe nine. Yeah. But eight, probably. Respectable. 
So anyways, yeah, I would say this movie is like a six and a half probably, you know? And a very strong six and a half. Nothing, nothing to worry about. It's doing just fine. It was fine. I'm going to give it hard seven. Hard seven? Um, I just split the diff between me saying six to seven. Six and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go back to six and a half. Okay. No. Yes. Yeah. Six and a half. Okay. Yeah, it's respectable. Like I said, I think it's really well written. I think it's got some jokes that land. Uh, I think the action works. A lot of the action was pretty damn thrilling. Like I said, setting up the bombs, towers falling over, got to run across, yada, 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 storming the Freedom Fighter camp. A um, couple of heartfelt moments in there in terms of cons. Uh, I'm sorry, but there's a cap sometimes on superhero movies. Yeah. You know, I don't absolutely. think there's, in my opinion, <clears throat> I don't, I genuinely don't think that superhero movies have had their, like, Watchmen yet. Yeah. Like, for what Watchmen was for graphic novels kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, it, it, it transcends to the point of, like, this is a staple of must-read before you die thing. Yeah. And people may say The Dark Knight, but come on. Is that really that good of a movie? I, I enjoy it. It's good. It's but not I'm saying, argument I want to have right now. What's that? So it's an argument we can have, but it's not <laughs> what I want to have right now, no. What I'm asking you is, if you were to sit down and write a book, is that making the top 100 movies that you have to see before you die? The Dark Knight? Yes. 100%, yes. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Top 100 movies? Yes. The Dark Knight? Absolutely. <laughs> but top one, Chris, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is getting into my top 100 <laughs> movies. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. Um, okay, that was oh, hyperbole. Probably not Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, but... I just mean also, like, no disrespect to Christopher Nolan, but, like, it's also still a Christopher Nolan movie. Christopher Nolan movies do also kind of have problems. I'm not looking at it as just, Yeah, like, but they're good movies. They're legit. They're undeniably great movies. I'm not saying they're bad movies. They're the top 100 for sure. Some of All them. All of them? Some of them. I wouldn't put Memento in there. I'd put the. Pers- I wouldn't put in- Inter- Inception in there. Interstellar's pretty darn good. I'd put either Interstellar or The Dark Knight in there. Yeah. Yeah. You're blowing my mind, Chris. Really? Yeah. Well, let's talk about The Dark Knight. Well, no. That's we're, the part that's we're at an hour and a half, and it's 48 minutes past my bedtime. So if we can keep this quick, yeah. Chris is one. Well, of why the- does it blow your mind? That you wouldn't put The Dark Knight in your top 100 movies of all time? Probably not. I guess, like, explain to me a little bit, like, why it's blowing my mind up then. Are you blowing your mind? Because it's a, a universally agreed upon great movie. Yeah. That doesn't, but what I'm saying is, like, there's a difference between that and, like, oh, you have to see it before you die. Like, I think Dark Knight falls under the category of you have to see it before you die. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And listen, know. listen to me, Chris. Look at me in the eyes. Yeah. There is nothing I fucking hate more in this world than people talking about The Dark Knight going, oh, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. But yeah. Chris, objectively, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. The reason I hate listening to people talk about it being one of the greatest movies ever made is because it's like, yeah, no shit. It'd be like somebody being like, oh, bro, The Godfather? Oh, you have no idea. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is really going to make you mad. Go for it. But, like, yeah, like, I don't know. 
I I don't have my list, but like I'd put something like Forrest Gump on there first, even. Yeah, that's fine. Or like Goodwill Hunting. You know, I don't know. The fact that you're telling me that there's not even a possibility that it is number 100 on your list blows my mind. Well, I probably have more than 100 movies. I'm not saying they're all amazing, but I'm just thinking, like, if I were literally to sit down, like, what are the odds that that actually breaks the top 100? Before you make this list, Chris, I need you to rewatch The Dark Knight. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it pretty recently. I have it on Blu-ray. Like I said, I think it's a good movie. But again, it's just one of those things where, like, <sighs> also, I feel like I'm getting your goat a little bit. But like, I think you like superheroes a lot more than I do, which is fair to say. And I think if I'm constructing the hundred movies that you have to see before you die, I'm thinking about if you're just a person that exists in the world, and like, it's just one of those things where, like. I know it's not because millions and millions of people will go and see it. I understand that. But arguing that a guy who puts on leather at night and beats up <laughs> a guy who dresses like a clown is just a hard sell for the top hundred movies, perhaps. I don't know. I'd have to look There's at no every movie No way you're I've not putting a fucking Dracula like, movie in that hundred list. No, nah, probably not. Well, <sighs> <laughs> I gotcha. I would personally, again, this is I don't know. I don't know. Because that comes down to, again, like, how am I building the list? Because I would maybe put Frankenstein. I think that one's got a better kind of, like, overall theme. Like, right, like like we just talked about, like, with the Suicide Squad being about, like, oh, everybody's got a little bit of good in them. You know, that one plays a little more on, like, something that you can, like, tangibly, like, say, which is, like, literally don't play God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you watch it. Whereas, like, Dracula's kind of... I guess, like, what's that movie about? Like, oh, how scary it'd be if a vampire was real, kind of. I mean, there are other themes you can read into about, like, you know, sex and yeah, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, I think probably Frankenstein over Dracula. I wouldn't put Dracula in the top 100. Um, well, thanks for making my point for me, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I think it's also fair to say, though, that, you know, I think horror has a more cemented place in human history than, like, superhero movies, though. I know that superhero movies kind of share an origin with, like, you know, your Greek heroes and your biblical heroes, sure. Um, But I just feel like horror has been a mainstay forever. I mean, you know, even going back to the Odyssey or Beowulf or Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and a lot of those Sir Lancelot stories, there's always horror elements. There's always a point that's supposed to be spooky and suspenseful. A lot of your best authors of all time. Um, even things like To Kill a Mockingbird is considered to have horror elements with Boo Radley and stuff. But, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, you know, Stephen King, all the way up through, you know, comics having their origin in specifically being a medium to tell horror tales. Um, movies, one of the, you know, again, just one of the original, like, couple genres you had being horror. So, yeah, I mean, I would be considering some of those. I'd be probably considering guess frankenstein i don't know i don't know again i mean it just comes down to us being you know a little different you know i got a big boner for horror i think it's important i think people sometimes don't think a little bit about uh how integral it is to just storytelling in general um yeah
what I was saying wasn't that <laughs> those movies aren't good. Those Dracula or Frankenstein mm-hmm. movies aren't good enough to be in the top 100. I understand like, you were just saying oh, that. But like, I made it sound ridiculous. And yeah. You're making it it's a, it's sound a, it's a, it's a movie yeah. about a character that's 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Set in the modern day about the escalation of power and force. Mm-hmm. And it's good, Chris. It's in the top 100. I'm tired of talking about this. We can pick it up another time, I guess. Suicide Squad is good. I recommend watching it. Yeah. I don't know. We gotta watch The Dark Knight again. Yeah. Fuck Thor. I'm gonna put that off as long as possible. We're watching... We're watching The Dark Knight this weekend. Anyway. Maybe. It's bedtime. Night-night. Say something about it. I don't want to. Oh, I thought you'd already ended it. Uh, Yeah. uh, I don't know. Do they say something? Is there like a catchphrase they have in the movie? Like squad out or something? Squad out. Team, let's hang ourselves. Are we out there now, or do I have to say another thing? I'm trying to get you to write, just say oh, something. Oh, what do I say? Hey, I, we watched the movie. I, we talked about it a little bit, and I hope you like what we had to say. I hope I it made just, you think. If you want to yell at me for being dumb, or if you want to yell at Nick for being dumb, I'm going to read all them comments. How's that? Bye. Have a good one. All right, fine. Bye. Yeah. If you need more soup, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 